Drums for Social Justice The Fram Episode Starting in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 The Fram Episode The Fram Episode The Fram episode. Well, hello and welcome back to that Fram episode. And this is episode two of season two. And this is about drums as tools for social justice. So let me tell you, I am a big fan of the instrument of the drums, many types of drums. I've tried to learn them over the years, different types of drums, African drums, steel drums, um, not great uh, at it, but I love listening to the sound of drums. My first experience as a young person uh, living outside of Pittsburgh in the early 90s and walking down the streets in Southside, downtown Pittsburgh, and also down at Strip, and not able to go into certain bars, but hearing the sound of drums from bands, and in particular, Rusted Root. Uh, was one of my first experiences where I fell in love with hearing the drums. And so listening to the band Rusted Root uh, kind of started my love for just listening to a beautiful instrument and the different ways that it can be played. And so over the years... I've gotten more involved in wanting to know different uh, cultures and how they use drums just for enjoyment uh, purposes. I'm not an expert at playing instruments. So to also add, let me also add. So part of my love of listening to drums, besides uh, it starting from listening to Rusted Root, I also was at one point learning about my Scottish history. And so I started listening to uh, certain bands and their use of drums like Clenadonia uh, years back and listening to just the, 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 the gut feeling, just feeling the drum as you're listening to it in your body and your body reacting to it. Just, I, that's one of the reasons why I love listening to drums. give you a history of drums and where they originated from. Let me get started here uh, with the history of drums and where they originated from because I, as I said, it is always important to have a history. It is always important to have a context and I do that for my episodes. The history of drums. The prehistoric times, initially drums were used uh, just as a simple object. It was just, they were used to hit, by, uh, with use a stick uh, to hit an object and to make a sound. 
and in various artifacts from China around 5500 BC uh, showed different types of early drums that started to develop with the use of alligator skins. And at this period, drums uh, were first being noticed. Uh, they were originally made in Neolithic cultures from China, but the knowledge soon reached in the entire uh, area of Asia in the next few millennia. By 3000 BC, the bronze Dong Song drums were first made in northern Vietnam. In 1000 to 500 BC, so let me pronounce this correctly, taco drums from Japan. They were made, uh, they were, they made their way from Japan to China. And from 200 to 150 BC, African drums became widely popular in Rome and Greece. Now at around 1200 AD, the Mediterranean trading routes made it faster uh, and possible for a diverse set of drums to start traveling across the globe. Uh, there were the Crusades opened and brought incredible wealth to Venice and Genoa. It was also enabled the spreading of Middle Eastern, Indian, African, and Asian influences over Europe. And this is also where the use of drums also came into existence and became more popular. By 1450, there was a vast expansion of various percussion instruments. These medieval prototypes soon became the basis for modern percussions. By 1500 AD, unfortunately, via the slave trade, the African drums entered the Americas. They, now we understand we need to talk about our history in the United States and how we screwed up. The exact number of people taken from Africa from 16th to the 19th century and shipped across this notorious middle passage of the Atlantic. Um, they mainly came, they mainly came, traveled to colonies in North America, South America, and the West Indies. It, it's still hotly debated, but estimates go up to about 28 million people who became slaves, humans. The drums played a central role in Africa throughout history. Generally, the sound of the drum was an announcement, such as declarations of war, celebrations, and um, in general, to create community. Within a community where everyone speaks the same drum language, drums can have a rhetorical impact. Since drum language is specific to a community and only accessible to in-group members, drumming contributed to the formation of personhood and group identity. Music and dance culture of the slaves contributed to the formation of group identity and self-esteem. Now, this threatened the system of slavery, which relied on the complete oppression of slaves. The masters became concerned and obviously at one point tried to squash the use of the drums, banning the use of the drums. The drum became a double-edged sword, which slavers used to subjugate the slaves and the slaves used to rebel against the system of subjugation. So in Asia, in the Americas, and in the Middle East, and in Europe, rituals of African slaves and their soulful drumming touched all civilizations. This is uh, pivotal in U.S. history to know this. So everywhere, drums gave birth to a simple truth. Every time you beat the drum, you break the silence. Now, by the 1600s, the most popular percussion instruments in Renaissance, that included the, the tabers, the timbrels, snares, long drums, the monk bells, jingle bells came into play soon. The uh, European military started adopting the use of drums for communication between the troops and the commanders. 
1650, the first version of the snare drum was created. By the 1800, there was a popularization of bongos in Cuban folklore music. In 1820, the most popular percussion instruments of the classical period of music included snare, the kettle drum, the gong, the whip, the vibraphone, the triangle, the marimba, tambourine. It also came into play. The drums were being used in orchestras along with professional musicians and composers who performed complicated musical pieces. And by 1890, during this period, there was the first appearance of drums that came equipped with a drum set and foot pedals. By the 1920s, the first regular appearance uh, of the, the hi-hat stands and the drum kits. And by the 1930s, the four-piece kit became hugely popular. By the 1940s, the double bass drum kit was used uh, by the jazz drummer Louis Belson. That was uh, that became noticed. In the 1960s to the 1980s, the drum sets became more elaborate and larger and louder. By 1973, the first appearance of the simple electric drum set, which was made by Carl Bartos. By 1982, the Swedish group known as A Social was one of the first to use the last beat drumming technique. The term blast beat was then popularized by the metal bands Napalm Death and Sepultura. And by the late 1900s, early 2000s, drums quickly became an integral part of the music bands with more and more electric bands using computer-generated drum sets to play the music. And so just to give you a, a diverse, varied, uh, complex, um, and at times unsettling and upsetting history behind the use and the development and the use creation and the use of drums. And so for today's episode, we're going to talk about the need for more drums, the need for drum, more drum circles, the use of drums in protest, uh, the use of drums in healing. And I will play some uh, snippets and hope that hopefully you can recognize them. Otherwise, obviously I will introduce who's playing those and to give you a uh, context as to why I'm using that audio. So I wanted to start with some audio from a gentleman named Robin Cardell, who is a uh, well-known, not only a drum maker, but also an organizer, coordinator of drum circles, uh, learned, took years and learned how to develop uh, effective drum circles. He did a TED Talk on 2017 to not only define drum circles, but to talk about the significance uh, and in history as well as uh, in society and the impact it can ha they can have. And so the audio that I am going to play here, uh, just for the next uh, moment, I want you to listen to Robin Cardell. A little over 25 years ago, I just got out of a Grateful Dead show, was wandering around the parking lot encampment, uh, kind of enjoying the after show glow of things, when I heard some beautiful percussion music coming from off in the distance. So I searched it out. It was coming from an old school bus converted to a motorhome, and I was going to compliment the guy on the awesome sound system and see who it was so I could go get the CD. And I rounded the front of the bus, and I was amazed to find 15 or 20 folks sitting in a circle playing a variety of drums and percussion instruments. Uh, after listening and, and watching them for a while, it became clear that they weren't a practiced per, uh, percussion ensemble but more just a random collection of people playing music in the moment. 
based on what was going on right then and there. That music, as I sat there and listened, permeated my being like even the Grateful Dead had not. And they were the masters of transcendental music. So as I, as I noticed, everyone in the circle was paying close attention to what everybody else was doing. They were listening to each other. They were calm and focused. And they were respecting each other's contribution to the whole song. And every one of them was wearing a contagious smile. I didn't know it at the time, but that moment set me on a path that's brought me where I am today. You see, at that point in my life, I'd worn out the party phase already, and I was looking to cultivate my resolve to become part of the solution, to actively be a part of something that was going to make the world a better place to live. And so with that in mind, I guess that was kind of where a shift in my mind's eye was happening from me and the party to community and the party. So I returned home and began using my uh, do-it-yourself superpowers to learn about and build drums. Through trial and error, I found out that it wasn't necessarily when I listened to percussion music or even when I drummed by myself, but when I drummed with other people, I got this overwhelming sense of wellness and a feeling of hope and support from the other people in the group. So it was definitely that playing with other people and that sense of community in the drum circle and in the music that made it what it is to me and so healing and helpful. So for the next several years, I continued to make bigger and better drums and invited as many people as I could to come and drum with me. About this time, I got introduced to the World Wide Web. The first thing I used a search engine for was drum circles. That's when I found out that what I had been doing wasn't just a hobby, but it had a name and was an actual thing. I was a drum circle facilitator. So I found some places offering some training, went and got some, and I learned so much from people like Arthur Hull, who we call the uh, father of the modern drum circle movement, also Christine Stevens and Dr. Barry Bibman. The Oshkosh Rhythm Institute facilitates about 125 drum circles a year now, and we just wouldn't be doing that without influences like them. So is there an historical premise for drum circles? Absolutely. Music and drumming has been a central part of the healing arts for as long as we can find out in, in history. Music, song, and dance has also been in the, the glue that's held communities together for thousands of years. The traditions and knowledge of these drums, the rhythms, the songs, the music has been passed down from generation to generation. Babatundi Alatunji was pivotal in sharing that knowledge and tradition with us when he came here in 1950 from Nigeria. The song we were playing when you came in is a prime example. It's called Funga. The rhythm was based on a, a traditional Liberian invocation to earth and sky. You'll find is the Jimbe from West Africa. The name literally means everyone gather together in peace. It doesn't take a lifetime to master the uh, instrument to be able to contribute to the group song. In fact, in just a few minutes, as you witnessed up here, these guys sounded pretty good. 
you can get a couple different tones out of the drum and the rest comes from our intuitive rhythms and our willing willingness to collaborate with our neighbors in the group. So what does drum circle technology look like? Well, we, we gather and at first we're a group of individuals. We bring with us our moods, feelings and issues that that we've accumulated in the day. And then we sit down to express ourselves through the drum. As we do that, the sound mixes with all the other sounds in the room. Everybody hears that sound that's mixed up and it gets changed a little bit by it. As we continue to play, that cycle repeats itself and you can see that eventually the rhythms are gonna become more aligned with each other and a unique common song emerges. Now we're grooving. And in that groove is, it becomes effortless and some real physical, mental, and spiritual changes can take place. In fact, Dr. Barry Bittman, some of you might remember, uh, used to write the call, column in the newspaper called Laughter is the Best Medicine. Well, him and his health rhythms team did some research to uh, kind of document some of those changes that were taking place. And they found that uh, stress levels reduced, which is good for our heart, among other things. They also found increased immune system function, as well as uh, increased white blood cell count, which is how our bodies fight disease. So I was learning about all this stuff and I thought it was cool, but it wasn't until I heard him explaining that they had started some regular drum circles for their cancer patients and they had found out that they could reduce their meds and get the same effect while they're participating. And at that time, I was just convinced that playing music for recreation is not just fun, but it's physically healing. And just this year, a group in the UK did another study and they showed that group drumming reduced anxiety and depression and also increased social resilience in some of their uh, mental health service users over a six and 10 week span. When they went back three months later, they found that these effects were still apparent. So it's, it's real and it has a lasting effect. Well, Mr. Cardell offered a lot of uh, definition uh, in regards to drum circles and how they develop. And what I think we need to emphasize and focus on is the hope and the emotional support that drum circles can offer. What we look at uh, when we see a drum circle, we see a community, a small community uh, in action. And what does that also contribute to? Well, that contributes to uh, solidarity. And so when we look at uh, the impact of hope and support, emotional support, we can now look at developing solidarity within the group. And solidarity is key to various types of social actions, including protest. And that is another social action, social situation where drum circles can have a positive impact and can have a lasting effect. And so let's look at an example of a recent protest uh, and focus on understanding the significance of that drum circle working in that situation. So in Portland in 2020, uh, it was a, a protest in downtown. 
to protest police violence against uh, black people in the city and the state of Oregon. And in general, across a growing violence against black people and minorities across the country. And so there was a drum circle formed and it had a huge impact of holding the city uh, accountable and I think uh, let me give you let me give you an excerpt to listen to, so you can experience the sound of a drum circle during a protest. I thought it was amazing. It is it is a sound of solidarity at its uh, best. So listen in. Listening to the protest drum circle, can you feel yourself just starting to want to get involved and to uh, contribute to the sounds and the vocals, to contribute to the sounds and the vocals and the drumming? And that is what drum circles, that's the, that is the effect, some of the effect that drum circles have uh, on those who are involved in it. And it kind of goes back to me think now thinking uh, historically when Africans who unfortunately horribly uh, were a part of the slave trade just clinging on to the memory of their ancestors and their, their home uh, and using the drum to do that. And that's also when I was trying to discover the various ways drums were being used to communicate and to heal and to be entertainment and listening to African uh, drum circles and, and drumming and listening to African polyrhythms. And this next audio excerpt uh, was something that I had heard several years ago. It was in 2014. This is an uh, interpretation by Don Swanson and Baba Ayo Adayemi, and uh, they were giving their interpretation of what original African polyrhythms sounded like. Uh, and this, to this day, it's, it's still beautiful to hear. I love hearing it. So let me share this with you.
so I'm going to start wrapping up because of I just want to continue to listen to the sounds of drums, but I want to start winding down the Smithsonian Center for Folk Life and Cultural Heritage. There was a 2021 uh, comment on their website which talked about drums and drumming. And let me read an excerpt for you. The Archive of Digital Debris. Much the Archive of Digital Debris, much as we now live in an era of the citizen journalist, where the availability of smartphone cameras has created a vast array of amateur witnesses documenting important events as they are unfolding. We also live in a moment of the citizen ethnomusicologist. YouTube is awash with vernacular performances, from buskers to bedroom sing singer songwriters, from virtuo uh, virtuosic karaoke to cats walking across pianos, all captured on video and making public moments of spontaneous music that might otherwise disappear from sight and sound. The cell phone recordings of Occupy form an archive of unique and ephemeral musical improvisation, but they also register a newly common practice in our everyday lives. Non-specialists encountering music and spontaneously recording it in media res. The result is an emergent archive of folk life. And that's what I think drum circles are key to uh, preserving the not the folk life of every culture. And every culture has been touched by drums and drumming in some way or another. And this episode uh, has the intent of this episode is to introduce you to the instrument of the drums and the significance of drums and the significance of drum circles in our American society. And there are numerous drum circles on the West Coast. There's in California, there's one in Venice. There's obviously, uh, there's, I think there's one in Long Beach. There's uh, numerous locations up and down the West Coast. I have seen lists of drum circles, uh, social activities that uh, everyday persons can get involved in. And I'm asking you to show some interest and get involved in something that can be profound, can be healing, and can also uh, bring you in to a community that you otherwise would have not uh, been introduced to or been involved in and helps you to be a better person, helps you to feel better. And that is why I wanted to do this episode because listening to drums makes me feel better. When I'm sad or when I'm angry, I listen to whatever I can get my hands on on YouTube at the moment. I can find Rusted Root, Clanadonia. I'll listen to the drumming sounds of Metallica. You name it. But uh, I will dive deep into that instrument and just listen. And it just takes me away for a moment, allows me to regroup, um, to calm down or to just sit back and just take a moment that otherwise I would not have done. And that is a healing in itself. So I hope that you benefit from this episode and I hope you take the initiative to go and do a little bit of research and check out drum circles, check out uh, music that you would have not uh, listened to if you had not listened to this episode and just sit there and take a moment and let yourself experience the sound of the drums. 
And I hope that it is uh, a beneficial moment for you. And I hope you continue to uh, respect and feel uh, that it is helpful to you to continue to listen to the sounds of drums. So this is a wrap on episode two, Drums for Social Justice. And I will get back with you next time for episode three with a new topic focused on social justice. I wish you well, and I hope you have a good month and have good holidays as well. Wonderful holidays, and I hope you are safe and happy. Until then. The Fram episode.